Well, this weekend we celebrate the epiphany or the present manifestation of Jesus to the world in his light. Um, I don't know if you realize this or not, but in the year that Jesus was born, there was violence, there was chaos, there was political intrigue. You have just to look at Herod's life and how he responded, and unrest, social unrest as well. It was a dark time in the world. The Magi found him by way of a star, which was actually the meeting of three planets, Jupiter, Saturn, and Venus. They followed the star until it rested where he was, and they began to worship him. In a time where it was dark, light was brought into our world. A light not only for that moment, but a light that would forever change human history and humanity as well. Jesus stepped into the chaos and brought peace and redemption. Fast forward to 2020. <laughs> you know where I'm going, don't you? <laughs> it was a time of violence, <laughs> chaos, political intrigue, and social unrest. Yes, very. It continues to be dark. By the way, I think 2021 is going to be even more exciting. The winter solstice was December 21st, 2020, where the day is shortest and the night longest. I believe that that, that happens like every 700 or 800 years. That's just how special this past time was. It's literally the darkest day and is the start of the cold, dark winter season. But on that darkest day of December 20th, 2020, Jupiter and Saturn met, giving us the Christmas star. I believe this is a beautiful reminder and a sign for the hour in which we live, that even in the darkest of times, light will step in and prevail. Jesus is here as he makes all things new. And so in a very special way, as we celebrate this Epiphany weekend, I think it's a very special Epiphany weekend for us, just like I mentioned over Christmas that that was a very special Christmas week for us, as special as the year 2020 was for us as well. I don't believe it's a coincidence that we happened to be around during 2020 when the Christmas star happened to appear that Christmas week as a reminder to you and me of the birth of Jesus Christ and his light coming into the world in a powerful, incredible, and life-changing way. Christ the light was manifested to the world. You know, the reality is, is that the wise men sought him. They traveled over many months from their country to ultimately reach where Jesus was as they followed that star. God spoke to the Magi through the heavens using their astrology. God spoke to Israel through their prophets that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But the Jews didn't practice astrology. In fact, the Old Testament forbid it and tied it to pagan philosophy. But you see, the light was breaking forth upon humanity. You know, the reality is, it says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That means the world. That means everybody. 
And what that means is that as the light was breaking forth upon humanity, God was reaching out to both Gentile and Jew. And God manifested Jesus to everyone who would listen to him. And so one of the ways in which God spoke in that time in the nations of the East was to the Magi, these very wise men of the day, through the stars. They weren't Jews. They didn't know about the prophecy of the Messiah, but they knew astrology. And they knew that when these three planets aligned in this special configuration, in this once-in-a-lifetime occurrence, it signified to them that a very royal king was going to be born. It was a very special event. And in fact, it was so special that they were to, to go and worship this king, that, that God moved on their heart to do that. And so one of the things that's important for you and I to realize is that God wants to share the good news with the world. And God will do that in any way that people can receive it. Now, when I grew up, my mom and dad did horoscopes. Bad. <laughs> Shouldn't do that. But as an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, I wasn't about to tell my mom and dad that. Right? So I, I don't do that. I don't follow that stuff. But I know how powerful that can be in people's lives. And for these astronomers, for these people who knew the stars, God was speaking to them in a language that they would understand. And someone very royal, the king of kings, was coming. And God led them by that star to Jesus, and they worshiped him. And I believe they came to the Lord Jesus in that moment, and I believe they went back to their land, and they shared Jesus with everybody that they knew. It was, I believe God evangelized the part, their part of the world through them. And again, even God reached out through the Jewish people. Isaiah 60, the prophets, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Lift up your eyes and look around. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So again, the prophetic word through Isaiah to the people of Israel, some seven or 800 years before Jesus was even born, was this prophecy of a great light coming into the darkness and that this king would be God's son, the Messiah, the promised one who would bring redemption to all of humanity. So again, God was speaking to the people of Israel in a very powerful and real way about the person of Jesus Christ. The epiphany continues. The manifestation of Jesus' light in the midst of great darkness continues. I believe that was part of the message of this past year as the Christmas star happened in, of all years, 2020. It was a manifestation to you and me that God is aware of the time in which we're living, 
and I believe in a very special way, Christ's light is going to be manifested through his church in a very powerful, transforming way that will turn this world upside down and usher it into God's light. What have we been praying for for the past 12 years in this place? Repentance and revival, a great awakening. I've been praying for that for 30 years since I was in the Persian Gulf as a Navy chaplain. So I thank God for these little signs (laughs) that give me a lot of encouragement that we're heading in the right direction. One of the important things for you and I to realize as the light is manifested in the darkness, it's going to illuminate what's there. And what happens is, invariably, when the light illuminates what's in the darkness, people go, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was there. Or I knew it was there and I wish you never saw it, right? You have two different groups of people. The group of people that are seeing for the first time what's always been there, the corruption, the crime, all that kind of stuff, the evil, the sin, the brokenness. But that's not the whole story. The light is also illuminating the darkness that it might take possession of that place and bring healing and transformation and grace. Light is a multidimensional force in our lives if we will allow it to be. During this epiphany season, which again I say to you is a special season, especially at the beginning of this year, as more and more darkness is going to be revealed in so many different ways, I believe it is an invitation from God to first of all see what is there. Don't you pretend it's not there. Don't be part of the lie. Because that's what the people of the lie are going to want you to do. The people of the lie are going to intimidate you and threaten you and do all kinds of stuff to try to co-opt you to not see what's there. Don't you dare be a part of that because you're, you're going into the camp of darkness or the camp of the enemy. And, and God will judge you accordingly if you do that in this hour. Because God is calling you and me to be part of the light. And that's to be honest about what you see. Yeah, you know what? That's there. That happened. Oh, no, it didn't. Oh, yes, it did. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what occurred. Oh, no, that that didn't really occur. Oh, yes, it really did. Yes, it did. Yes, that is there. Yes, that did happen. And I'm going to speak the truth about it and be honest about what the light has revealed, whether you like it or not, and however you react about it, how much you hate me, whatever you threaten me with. You see, that's what happens. That's the evil's response. What was it I read last week in, in the gospel, I think it was? You know, the, the Lord came into the, the world that was his own, and yet they did not accept him. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, but the people walking in darkness loved darkness more than they did the light. Hello? You know, there's something about the Scripture. The Scripture is true. I mean, the Scripture knows human nature. People that are in the darkness and choose to be there, they love the darkness. They don't want the light. 
And, but I, I have a message for the world right now. The light's coming, whether you want it or not. The light's here, and God's turning it on, and it's not going to go away. And God is inviting you to be a part of that light. And so the light illuminates the darkness, but also the light brings grace to begin to walk in the light. As you and I are open to the light in our own life, this epiphany season, what's going to happen is God's not only going to illuminate our, our sin and our brokenness and our darkness, but, and also for the country and also for the world, but it's going to be an invitation to continue to walk in the light. As these magi came to worship the Lord and bow before him and gave him gifts, as they left him, I believe they were filled with the light and the presence of the Lord because the glory of the Lord was all over that place. It said when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and he came down, his face shone like the sun and he had to put a covering over his face because the light was so bright. That's what happens when you're in the presence of God's light and God's glory. And that's what's going to happen to you and me as we're, we come into this light, this impartation that God's going to be giving to us in the time to come. So you see, the light isn't just about exposing the darkness and going, oh my God, how horrible is that? That's really not what it's all about. The light exposes the darkness that we might repent of the darkness, hello, Redeemer, dying on the cross for our sins, that we might repent of the darkness and turn away from it and walk in his light. That is the invitation. That's the invitation that you and I as the church need to be making to the people, and that's the invitation you and I need to receive from the Lord. So what's my word to you here today? The Lord is trying to speak to you in the language that you understand. Just like he did with the Magi, just like he did with the Jews, and just like he did with the Muslims that I'm going to share with you about in just a moment. Your conscience, your conscience, what's your conscience telling you? Eh, you really shouldn't be doing that. Doing it in secret, nobody's around, in the dark. Eh, you really shouldn't be doing that. That's your conscience. Your conscience that the Holy Spirit is using, calling you into the light. No, you really don't want to be a part of that lie. You don't want to be a part of what's going on here. You need to move in this direction. Again, we're living in a time where you can't sit on the fence anymore. It's going to be a choice of light or dark. There's no gray anymore. It's going to keep getting that way more and more and more. That's the hour in which we live. Thank God. Been praying for this for 12 years. You got to go through this to get ready for the repentance and the revival that's coming. Thank God for it. Thank God. So pray for me as I pray for you that we would be open to the multidimensionality of the light in our life. The light will not only expose the darkness and the sin in our life, but it will also want to remain there in that place, illuminating it, getting the stink out, cleaning some stuff up, and inhabiting that part of your being so that it is more and more and more full of his light and not your darkness. And this is what salvation is. This is what holiness is. 
This is what redemption is all about. And as you and I walk in that light, as he in the, is in the light, as we walk in his love, as he is in love, that will cleanse us from all sin. And that's what we desperately need in this hour. And that's what God wants to give us. It's all lining up. You're, you're alive at a very exciting time in human history, truly, on so many different levels. So the epiphany continues in a very special way. One final story. Joel Rosenberg's epicenter shares a pastor's story that Muslims are seeing visions of Jesus Christ. He is coming and speaking to them. Shiite Muslims are repenting, giving their lives to him, and becoming his followers. I haven't met any Shiite Christians who converted because someone shared the gospel with them. They have all come to faith through dreams and visions. We help them study the Bible, meet other believers, and grow in faith. It's a message I've heard from nearly every Middle East Christian leader. Guess what happens when you share the gospel in the Middle East in a Muslim country? They kill you. <laughs> it's not complicated. They will chop your head off in the middle of the square and praise Allah that they followed him and got rid of another uh, unbeliever. So what does Jesus do? <laughs> he shows up in dreams and visions. Can't kill that. Can't put that in the village square. Can't interfere with that. And he's bringing Muslims to him through those visions. Just like he showed up to Saul on the Damascus Road in an unmistakable vision and revelation of Jesus of Nazareth, literally knocked him off his horse and changed the rest of his life. God will speak to people in whatever language they need to hear. God is not limited by our language. He created all of it. There's even things that he knows and he wants to communicate to us in certain ways that we're not ready to receive yet, but, but, but in time we will because God is limitless. So, in closing, there was an Al-Qaeda member, leader of an Al-Qaeda cell that was in jail along with his other Al-Qaeda members that had been arrested. This was, I think, somewhere in Malaysia or something like that. So he's in jail. It was for some terrorism they had committed. Guess what happens in his jail cell? Jesus appears to him. And he says, he says who are you? <laughs> who are you? And uh, Jesus says, I am Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and I died on the cross for your sins, and I'm calling you to follow me. Now, of course, being a Muslim, being an Al-Qaeda member, they talk about Jesus, but only as a prophet, not as Messiah. And again, they would usually kill a Christian who would confess this kind of thing. But in this vision where Jesus appears to him, the Lord overcomes him with love, overcomes him with a sense of mercy and forgiveness, and he drops to his knees and he repents of his sin, and he decides to follow Jesus Christ. Guess who, guess who he tells first about his conversion? 
All the other Al-Qaeda members in the jail. <laughs> some weren't, weren't too happy to hear about it. Some came to the Lord. But he's now a Canadian pastor bringing Muslims to Jesus Christ. The epiphany continues. God will speak to any human being in whatever language they're able to receive it, that he is Lord and Savior, that he is the light who has come into the world and is especially the light coming into their darkness and inviting them to follow him as their Lord and Savior. This is the great trust that the Lord has given to you and me, that we would be a part of his light, that we would allow that light more and more to fill us to overflowing, that when people see us, they see and feel and know the touch of Jesus, the light of Jesus, and they will come to him in an epiphany of his light and his love and his mercy. May it be so for us this year. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.